Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Okay, welcome everyone to another episode of Business Talk. We're happy to have you with us, and we have a great show for you today. I can't wait to get to it, but we will because we need the first hand message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back, and as promised, we have a great show for you today. We have with us Donald Sanders. He is the Executive Artistic Director of MIFA Victory Theater. How are you this morning, Don? I'm great. It's nice to be with you. Uh, happy to have you with us. We're here to talk about the Victory Theater project. Uh, this is a project that's been in the news a lot recently and off and on for, what, the past 43 years or so? Uh, <laughs> yeah. As they might say on, on Broadway, it's been uh, an ongoing show. Uh, yeah, it's or, nice or to a know a long-running show. Yeah. yeah, actually, we beat Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> what we want to talk about today is is this project and the the way in which it has become. And I don't want to put words in your mouth or anybody else's mouth. More real uh, than it has probably at any time in those last forty-three years, and. This is a 20-minute podcast. Uh, you could probably talk about the Victory Theater for 20 hours or 20 days. But uh, give our listeners just a, a quick history of this theater and a very quick recap of the efforts to restore this wonderful landmark, uh, which sits in the middle of downtown Holyoke. I, I took a tour uh, a couple of weeks ago. It, it really uh, it's in terrible condition now, but you can you can envision what it was uh, back in, in its heyday. So. Give us a real quick history and then just fast forward real fast yeah. to, to what we're well, doing. Well, it's, it, it's a sleeping beauty waiting to be kissed uh, awake. And you're absolutely right. We're in what uh, the final phase of getting this theater open. Uh, and uh, th- it's important to know that because it's important to know how much work goes into the details of making a successful project like this happen, not only the physical restoration of the building, but what it will be and what it will house and what it will do for Holyoke and the whole region. This is a major performing arts center. Uh, It's 1,600 seats. Uh, It is the last remaining Broadway style and size theater in the entire Connecticut River Valley. And that's why I'm so passionate about it and why I know it's going to deliver what is needed uh, in our community. Uh, Quickly, it opened in 1920. Uh, It was formed as what is called a legitimate house in my industry, actually the -the state-of-the-art theater. Um, Morwell and Rand were the architects. Their archives are at Harvard, and three of their theaters are currently functioning on Broadway, where they they just were and are the best. Uh, And um, it gradually became a a movie theater. Uh, There were live performances and As uh, Holyoke, which was the richest per capita city in 1928, declined, by 1979, the theater was uh, closed. And the effort to bring it back uh, has been going since then, hence the long run. Uh, The first group of people were fantastic people. My hat goes off to them. They did a great job. 
they were interested in bringing it back as a movie house. And that actually, uh, uh, God was protecting the project because it really, its function, its economic and social and touristic function is as a major live Broadway style house that can house Broadway shows, other events such as uh, festival events, uh, attractions in dance, uh, music, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, so that is what we have been working on uh, to perfect the, uh, the transition of it from a, a 20th century theater to a 21st century center for the performing arts. Uh, and it will be that. It will be totally re-equipped, but the beautiful historic draw of the main house will be intact, totally refreshed and brought back, but in new materials. So we've been talking about uh, bringing this theater back to life for oh, the better part of, like I said, 40 years now. That, uh, and Mifa has been involved in this for probably the last almost 20 Indeed. years. Correct. Yes. And we actually took possession of the theater as the owner and developer in 2009. But starting in 2002, we began to kick the tires of the project and see that if it was uh, sustainable. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we have been in it for there, a long there, time. I'm just kind of uh, fast forwarding again to this. There's always been a, a price tag for uh, renovating this theater, and we have not been able to get to that price tag, whether it was... 15 years ago or 12 years ago or 40 years ago or 30 years ago, this time uh, it looks like we're going to, to get over that mountain and we're going to get there. Talk about how we've been able to generate the momentum. I, I know that ARPA money has played a role in this, that the community yeah. has played a role in this. Uh, we're, we're, we're this close. Uh, tell us how yes, we got there. Yeah. Well, through hard work, imagination, sheer persistence and creative ideas, this kind of project traditionally has to be a combination of a public-private project. There has to be immediate buy-in, first of all, by the community, uh, in this case, the city of Holyoke, and then uh, the legislature, our re legislative representatives, but also the key part is the individual's who can sense what will happen when this theater opens. Uh, we have identified catalyst donors and other individuals and important foundations uh, who have uh, worked with us in developing the budget and finding funding for the budget. I'm very happy to announce that on Thursday, last Thursday, uh, the joint legislature passed an earmark for the Victory Theater. Uh, that's the third one that they have passed since December of 2021. And what is important about it as we move towards that earmark from ARFA funds uh, to close the gap in funding is that it's the, the passage of uh, this last earmark bill is a vote of confidence uh, in the project as put forth, the data that we have produced that of the touristic impact, the economic impact uh, on the region uh, that we have labored so hard and brought in the best experts. And that's, that's a very key part of why I can say, I believe we are in the final phase because mm -hmm. we have now identified or raised um, at least almost two thirds of the cost of the project. Okay. What is the overall price tag and, and how much money yeah. has been raised? And 
Yeah. What yeah. are the prospects for closing that gap and, and how will it yes. be closed? Well, that was a yes. lot of questions all at once. Though. It's a lot. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the hard fact is, is that we have raised and identified $37 million towards what is now nipping at the toes of about a $60 million project. Uh, and I'm, I want to clarify that in that larger sum, which has actually been brought to us, brought to me, to my dazzled head always uh, in the past five weeks, because of the increase uh, in inflation and costs, that's what brings the costs up. Nothing that we're doing is more costly as the cost of construction. Construction is approximately uh, running now 47 to $48 million. The other monies are soft costs, contingency funds, and a uh, the setting up of operations uh, through the opening of the doors of the theater and a, uh, a sustainable period uh, of two years after the doors open. So that's what adds up to that total past the construction cost. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the gap that we have now is how much? The gap that we have now is uh, we're looking at uh, basically uh, uh, close to 15 to $20 million. Okay. So if you, if you, if you subtract the 37 from the 60, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And ARPA money will be used to close this gap. And we, then yes, we, we, yes, we are actively pursuing that. Absolutely. Uh, okay. And we're, we're also, uh, not just ARPA funds, but we have initiated starting last February, what I call a structured strategic capital campaign that's overseen by uh, Susan Palmer from the Palmer Westport Group, who are really the acknowledged experts in uh, in finding ways to open historic theaters across America. Uh, probably listeners may have seen, uh, read about our trip to Proctor's Theater in Schenectady, New York. That was a project that Susan uh, pulled off, <laughs> among many other projects, of course, with the help of the community and all the kinds of people that I'm talking with and some of whom I hope are listening. Uh, and uh, you really need a plan like that, that is based on hard facts and the reality of um, of the public-private uh, partnership uh, that this kind of project requires. We're so used to construction projects that take place. We noticed this in this region, really in the college and university campuses that are of this size. And those have a very, very uh, different source of money to do those projects. This project is not on a college or university campus. And so it requires a a, a much more, in some ways, uh, simple and more sophisticated um, financing strategy. Okay. You're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored as always by People's Bank. Uh, We're talking with Donald Sanders. He's the Executive Artistic Director of MIFA Victory Theater. And we're talking about the Victory Theater Project in Holyoke. Um, Let's do a little exercise here. Uh, Let's do a, uh, if all goes well, or... (laughs) If all goes according to plan, talk about what we're going to see in Holyoke and what's going to happen in downtown Holyoke when this theater opens. Notice how I said when, not if. When, <laughs> yes, yes, <We're> thank you. <laughs> 
Well, we're estimating that the uh, the 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 annual operating cost will be about three and a half million dollars. It'll bring in uh, seventy thousand people a year uh, once that when the theater is open and running. I mean, that's a, that's a high estimate. I mean, as I said, it has sixteen hundred seats. Um, the 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 we. The reality of the construction is that we're being told it's 18 months to two years to actually do the physical uh, construction. And that means that when we sign that uh, document with the contractors that we have the money to absolutely guarantee the construction, um, it will be 18 months to two years. So I, we are currently, and I, as the leader of this project, I always have to take the heat for it. I have to project project and predict when I would like to see this happen. And also based on the facts, I'd like to see us be able to start construction in June, June or July of 2023. So if you do the math, that brings us uh, to two years from that point when I, when we're currently projecting the doors to be open. And we're projecting to see Broadway shows. Um, yes. A com- yes. Combination of Broadway shows. I just came back from Canada last weekend and um we're also looking at the kinds of shows uh, that would be what I call festival events. That's operas, dance, uh, international and national uh, events, uh, such as uh, uh, working with the uh, cultural uh, communities in uh, Europe and around the world. And we have a history of doing that, uh, uh, looking at a poster that kicked off uh, this festival, which was an opera that came from uh, uh, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, which was rated the finest opera in 1996 in Europe. And uh, it, uh, that may sound dull to people, but it's not. There, the, the work that's being done in the entertainment and performing arts around the world is very exciting. That's the kind of thing we will be able to showcase uh, at the Victory along with great, a great Broadway series. Uh, the Broadway touring phenomenon has changed uh, very much in the past 15 to 20 years. And uh, those of us who went to Proctor's saw a performance of the Disney's Aladdin, <laughs> which was really great. Uh, things are now being financed so that the actual touring aspect of a show that moves from Broadway is factored into the economic reality of, uh, of the shows. We do not have, at the moment, a theater in our grid we are in a particular grid, our three counties, uh, that can handle um, uh, the demands of, uh, of a Broadway show. And, and actually, the victory, I don't want to mislead people. There are some shows that physically might not be able to accommodate, such as uh, uh, when a helicopter lands. <laughs> but we're pretty, pretty close okay. on most shows. So we can't do Miss Saigon. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, you know what? Why not do it with a with a drone helicopter. <laughs> I always say never say never. If so people want to see it. Let's talk about uh, downtown Holyoke itself. These theaters cannot exist in vacuums. Uh, like the area around the Bushnell in Hartford, there are mm-hmm. restaurants. Uh, there are other places for people to go. Yes. Uh, there is an infrastructure, if you will. Uh, we yes. don't have that infrastructure in Holyoke. So in addition to renovating the victory theater we have to create this infrastructure in holyoke and this is this work is going on as well uh, talk about yes. that a little bit it's very exciting I, I really want to say under uh mayor garcia uh we have formed three committees 
uh, and this is also under the guidance of Susan Palmer and with her experiences in other communities like Schenectady that are similar to uh, Holyoke. The three committees are an entrepreneurial strike force, which is paralleling the raising of the money to open the theater to, uh, to generate investment and ideas for the neighborhood around the theater. Because when you have that number of people flowing in and out of a space, they're actually you know, obviously going to want to go to restaurants, to clubs, uh, to shop and shops. It's a, tr it's, it's a tremendous uh, stimulate, uh, stimulator for downtown revival. So we're, we're, that committee has been formed. We also have a building committee that looks at uh, the physical Victory Theater, and we are building an annex, a 14,000 square foot annex to upgrade uh, 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 modern um, usage and a loading dock, et cetera. And the third committee is a, 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 a committee formed by the mayor also to uh, involve um, uh, the community in helping this to happen. So we're looking at that now uh, as this as a very integral part of the, the completion of this final phase. And here I am saying final phase, <laughs> I, you know, uh, and it, 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 the show has got to open. Okay. So it must be good, yeah. good to say those words, final phase. It, it, so. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so good luck to you with this project. Uh, it, it's very exciting. Uh, uh, anybody who's been in that building uh, can use their imagination and, and turn the clock back uh, to something that was really special and, Hopefully we'll, we'll have that again soon. Thank you, George. And that is really the key to this. And listeners, it is the key. A theater is a roof over the head of a lot of people who want to go and see and hear what other people have to say. And fortunately, that, like a good dinner and, uh, and friendship, is, is so key to uh, the quality of our life. And you feel that in that theater. And I sense that you felt it. It means a lot to me. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you again for coming on. We'll have to check back in uh, sometime next year and see how we're doing and, with this. Anytime. And people can also check up on the project, www.mifafestival.org. We're always open to questions, et cetera, and hearing from, uh, from your listeners and everybody else in the community. Okay. Thank you for being with us. And thank you to all of you for being with us for another uh, episode of Business Talk. This is a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time.